Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features Senior Pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. In this episode, Pastor Eric continues his series in the book of John about the real Lord's Prayer. In this portion of his prayer, Jesus prayed on behalf of his chosen disciples. Furthermore, he prayed about his relationship with the Father. Jesus' relationships on earth manifested the name and will of the Father, an important task that should not be overlooked by the Christian. Do you pray for your witness and testimony? Do you pray for those around you? Let this message encourage you to pray and live in a way that presents and obeys the Word of God. And now, here's Pastor Eric. We're in part two of a three-part series. And it's a series on John chapter 17. John chapter 17 is the real Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer that we know is really the disciples' prayer, where the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so the Lord's Prayer gave that model prayer, that disciples' prayer. But in John 17, we see the greatest prayer. It is the real Lord's Prayer. It is His high priestly prayer for you and for me. It's in John chapter 17 that Jesus prays to the Father. And it's here that we get a glimpse into holy intimacy. The Father and the Son and that holy intimate relationship in the Godhead and we're privileged enough to read it and to get a glimpse. John 17 is actually a prayer as Christ Jesus returns home after His mission trip. Our youth just served a week in North Carolina, and even as we return home, we pray. And Jesus was returning home after His lifelong mission trip where Jesus had shared. He had served. Jesus had washed feet. Wink, wink to some of you. And now Jesus was going back to His heavenly home. And before He returned to that pre-existent glory, the glory with the Father, He pauses and He prays. What a prayer. In John 17, we see that there are three parts to this prayer. He prays for Himself. We looked at that last week in part one. He prays for the twelve apostles. And then He prays for all Christians. We said that you can learn a lot about a person. You can discover a lot when you hear a person address their Heavenly Father. Man, you can see into their relationship. You you can see their adoration or their thanksgiving. You learn a lot when you hear a person pray to the Father in Heaven. You feel a lot when a person prays for you. Right? That's personal. That's powerful to be prayed over. Or you took part in something where they did pray over each other. It's powerful to hear someone pray your name, to hear someone address the Father on your behalf and to to pray about you and to pray for you. What an amazing thing. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I I pray that that you have to hear your family members pray over you or a church member pray for you. Try that next time. Instead of saying, I'm praying for you, stop and pray for them. Oh, they'll feel amazing things. The disciples 
Must have felt some amazing things as Jesus prayed over them. The second section of the high priestly prayer is found in John 17, verses 6 through 18. And it's here that Jesus prays for the 12 apostles, or maybe we would say the 11 plus 1. Jesus in John chapter 17 is actually praying the upper room discourse. He's putting into prayer the things that He taught in John 14 and 15 and 16. He's praying about what He taught them about glory, love, the world, joy, Himself. And so this morning, I want to preach the second part of this series, a sermon I've titled, Protect and Sanctify Them. Protect and Sanctify Them. So I want us to look at this section in three subsections or in three parts. And it's here that Jesus prays about relationship, protection, and sanctification. I want you to see first that Jesus prays about relationships. Look at John 17, verses 6 through 8. Let's read it. Jesus says, I've manifested your name. I've revealed your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, Father, and You gave them to Me, and they have kept Your Word. Now they know that everything You have given Me is from You. For You have given them the words that... For I have given them the words that You gave Me, and they've received them. And they've come to know in truth that I came from You, and they have believed that You sent Me. I believe Jesus first prays about relationships. He prays about relationships, His relationship to the Father. Father, I've revealed You and I've received from You and I've come from You and now I'm returning to You. All in this prayer, we see that relationship, the Father and the Son. We also see that He prays about the relationship that He has with His twelve followers, His twelve disciples, His twelve apostles. Jesus had glorified the Father. Verse 6, his prayer, he says, I've, I've revealed your name. I've manifested your name. I've made it known to the people whom you gave me out of the world, to my disciples. Jesus had glorified the Father. Here, John 13, verse 31 and 32. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in Him, God will also glorify Him in Himself, that relationship, holy intimacy, and glorify Him at once. Jesus has glorified the Father, and He does that here. How do we glorify the Father today? Here's something that we see in this prayer. We glorify God by revealing Him to men. We glorify God by making Him known. Verse 6, He says, I have manifested, made known, revealed your name to the people whom you gave me out of this world. Yours they were, Father. You gave them to me. If you want to glorify God, reveal Him to men. Make His name known. I can I ask you a question? To whom have you revealed Jesus' name? This week, to whom did you reveal Jesus' name? Even on the mission trip, we have to speak the name of Jesus. We have to bring Him up in conversation. We have to make His name known. We must speak His name. Father, I've manifested Your name to the people whom You gave me out of the world. We highlight the name of Jesus, and when we highlight that name, that name that's above every other name, that brings God glory for You to speak the name of Jesus. Jesus prays about the relationship to the Father, to the Twelve. And Jesus is praying, and He's praying based on the disciples' faith in Him. 
his relationship, his special relationship with his disciples. We see that relationship all in the Gospels. Jesus' relationship with the twelve. Twelve were chosen for a purpose. Twelve were chosen and they were discipled. Look at the prayer. Again, verses 6-8, through eight, I've manifested Your name, Father. The name Yahweh, the name Adonai, the name Jehovah God. I've, I've manifested Your name to the people, specifically those twelve whom You gave Me out of this world. They're not of the world. Yours they were. Father, and You gave them to Me for a time. And they have kept Your Word. That's the relationship that they had with Jesus and with the Father and with the Word. Verse 7, Now they know that everything that You've given Me is from You. For I've given them... Christ says, I've given them the words You gave Me. We share that with others. And they have received them. And they've come to know the truth that I came from You. And they have believed that You sent Me. Amazing. Twelve. Chosen. Discipled. You know we're all a disciple. And we're all called to be a disciple maker. We're to be discipled by someone, but we're also to go and to make disciples. We learn in these first few verses that Jesus gave the true Word and they received that Word. They received it and they obeyed it. You want to know another way we glorify God? We glorify God not only by revealing His name to men and making Him known, but we glorify God by presenting His Word. We glorify God by obeying His Word, by keeping His Word. His Word, He says, they kept the Word, verse 6. They heard that Word, the words that, Father, You gave to me and I gave to them and they received it. And they believed. That's how we glorify God. Jesus is teaching us that we're to have a right relationship with the Father through the Son, but we're to have a right relationship with the Bible, with the Word of God. Jesus prays about relationship. But next, Jesus prays about protection. Look at verses 9 through 12. I'm praying for them, Jesus says. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom You've given Me, for they are Yours. All mine are Yours, and Yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. And I'm no longer in the world, but they're in the world. And I'm coming to You, Holy Father. Keep them in Your name, which You've given Me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in Your name, which You've given Me. I've guarded them. And not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction that the Scripture, so that the Scripture might be fulfilled. Jesus here prays a lot of things, but He prays about protection. Again, I say it's, it's so awesome to hear somebody pray for you and to pray specific requests on, on your behalf and they do that out loud. How can we glorify God? Can I give you another one? We glorify God by praying for others. By praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and Jesus does that here. Verse 9, He says, I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom You've given Me. For they are Yours. We're Yours. I am Yours. Jesus prays for His special ones. Pastor Martin Lloyd-Jones gives an illustration of a little girl with a baby doll. Although she may have many toys, although she may have many dolls that are hers, there, there may be one, there, there may be two that she holds extra close, that she grabs everywhere she goes and, and holds close to her 
chest. And that's what Jesus did. He held the eleven. He held the twelve close to His chest. He says, I'm not praying for the world. I'm not praying for all those that are mine, but I'm, I'm praying for these. I'm holding these extra close. I've, I've walked with them and they've walked with me. And they've received. And I'm going to you and I'm no longer in the world, He says. Verse 9. So I'm praying for them. Not praying for the world, but for those who have given me, they are yours, all mine are yours, all mine are yours. Yours are mine, I'm, I'm glorified in them. Jesus prays, twelve men, common men, but they had an uncommon calling. Think of them, Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Nathaniel, Matthew the tax collector, Thomas, James, Simon the zealous, Judas, and then the other Judas, Judas the traitor. What does Jesus pray here? Jesus prays for their spiritual protection. He prays for their spiritual preservation as He returns to glory. Verse 11, I am no longer in the world, but they're in the world. And I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them. Preserve them. Protect them. Keep them in Your name, which You've given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in Your name which You've given me, and I've guarded them, I've protected them, I've kept them, I've preserved them, and not one of them has been lost except the, the one that was destined to that, the son of destruction, the one that would be destroyed, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. We can have assurance of salvation. We can know that we're protected to the end, that we're preserved to the end. Jesus prays for His twelve. We get a glimpse of Judas the son of destruction that fulfills Scripture. He never was truly one of Christ's own. Jesus prays. This is what He prays for. Father, keep them. Father, unite them. Father, protect them. Father, preserve them. As I go to You, Lord, I entrust them to You. What an amazing thing is they're hearing their Savior say these words on their behalf. He prays about relationship. He prays about protection. And last, he prays about sanctification. Look at verses 13 through 18. Jesus says, But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. I don't ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them. Father, sanctify them. Set them apart in the truth. Your Word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Last, Jesus prays about sanctification. Jesus is praying throughout this prayer, Father, I am from you and I am returning to you. And we see that language all throughout. In John 16, 28, in the upper room discourse, He says, I came from the Father and I've come into the world and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. And here He's praying that. In verse 13, He prays for joy. Joy complete. Now I'm coming to you. And these things I speak in the world, why? So that they may have my joy completed and fulfilled in themselves. You know, joy is found in Jesus. Joy is found in the words of Jesus. Joy is found in Scripture. I pray that you find joy. Remember John Calvin, 
one of the leaders of the Protestant Reformation. He says these words about verse 13. Here Christ shows that the reason why He was so earnest in praying for His disciples was not that He was anxious about their future condition, but rather to provide a remedy for their anxiety. We know how prone our minds are to seek external aids, and if these present themselves, we'll eagerly seize them and do not easily suffer ourselves to be torn from them. Christ therefore prays to His Father in the presence of His disciples, not because He needed any words, but to remove from them all doubt. I speak in the world, says He, that is within their hearing or in their presence so that their minds may be calm. Jesus didn't need to pray about their protection and beg the Father for it, per se. But it was an amazing thing for the disciples to hear that Jesus was praying for their protection and their anxiety be relieved, that they would have joy, that Christ's joy would be fulfilled and completed in them. Jesus is praying in this section for His twelve disciples because they would now be versus the world and versus the evil one, right? This is what He prays. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, verse 15, but that you keep them from the evil one. Verse 16, they're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. He prays for them now. They're going to be up against the world. Jesus had taught this and. John 15, verses 18 and 19, if the world hates you, he says this in the upper room discourse, if the world hates you, know that it's hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you're not of the world, but because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And Jesus now prays for them in this time of, of need, where they need protection, where they need preservation, and where they need sanctification to be set apart from the world, to know that they're different, to realize who they are and, and what they're up against, that they would be sanctified. You know, we're not of this world still. Verse 14, we're different. I've given them your word, and we have His word, and the world's hated them because they're not of the world, Jesus said, just as I am not of the world. We're different, not of this world. And yet, the Christian life, Christianity is not removal, but redemption. We're not removed from the world, but we're redeeming it. We're not removed from the world and problems and persecution, but we're kept. We're preserved to the very end. We're equipped with everything that we need for life and godliness. And Jesus prays, spiritual protection. I don't ask, He says, verse 15, that you take them out of the world. That would be so easy. But it's not about removal. It's about redemption and Him keeping us, but that you keep them, that you protect them from the evil one. Christians are safe. We're, we're protected in the arms of God. Oh, that we would feel that today. Safe in the arms of God. Safe till the very end. Kept. So what does Christ pray for? He says, protect them, Father. Unite them, Father. And sanctify them. Jesus prays for sanctification. Verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your Word is truth. Jesus prays for their sanctification and He shows us the means. The Word of God is the truth. And it's the truth that sets us apart. So we could say again, how do we glorify God? 
We glorify God by presenting His Word, by reading His Word, by teaching His Word, by following His Word, by obeying His Word, by keeping it. And the Word sanctifies us and that glorifies God. And here Christ prays for their sanctification. Set them apart. Make them a holy people. Jesus is praying in verse 17 and 18 that the twelve would be sanctified and sent. And that's still the call of the church today. Verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me, Father, into the world, so I have sent them. I've done my mission trip. I'm returning and I'm praying for them because their mission trip is really in some ways just beginning and I want them to be set apart and consecrated and holy and I want them to be sent into the world as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them. The disciples would be left. Left to go. Left to be witnesses. And so are we. We're left to, to go. We're left to be witnesses. We're left to be holy. We're left to know that we're to be sanctified. We're left to be assured that we're going to be preserved and kept and, and protected, although it's not easy. We're left to know that we can have a relationship with the, with the Father and He with us. Jesus is still sending us in verse 18. That's still the mission of the church. Hear Jesus still saying to us today, Adairsville Baptist, as you sent me, Father, into the world, now I've sent Adairsville Baptist into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself so that they may be consecrated in the truth, set apart in the truth. Jesus prays. Oh, what it must have been like. That holy intimacy. And He prays out loud and He prays for us and John must have heard it because John writes it down. Know oh, how they must have felt after that upper room discourse. So many questions. What's the way? And how, how and, and what's going to happen? And Jesus, all these things that you're saying. And then he, and he prays and they feel that, ah, oh, the relationship, the, the protection, the preservation that we'll, that we'll receive and the sanctification. So as we close today, I ask as a way of application and questions, first, do you know Jesus? And does Jesus know you? Do you have that holy relationship? Does He know you? And do you know Him? And do you have His Word? And are you keeping it? Because we get a picture of what it means to really have a relationship with Jesus in the twelve. To know, to believe, to keep, to follow. Do you know that? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If you do, hear Jesus praying for you as He prayed for His followers. Protect not remove, but protect to the very end. Preserve and, and know that, let them know and let them feel that they're safe in the arms of God, that they are up against the evil one, but that they won't be lost. That Christ is the solid rock that we can stand on. Hear Jesus praying for you, protection and, and preservation. Hear Jesus praying for you, sanctification and sending. Lord, sanctify them through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of truth. Your word is truth and, and send them as, as you sent me, Father, I now send them. What an amazing prayer today. It shows us how to glorify God and how our Lord loves His own and prays for them and prays about all the things and what a, what a powerful, powerful thing it is. And so I invite you today to, to know Jesus and to rest in His protection and to submit to His 
sanctification. Let's pray. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.